Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 2. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome across the Fruited Plain. It's Eric Erickson here. It is my show, and it is an open line Friday. If you want to be a part of my show, you are welcome to call in 877-973-7425. You can also text the word Eric, E-R-I-C-K, to 33777. You can find all the links to follow me around social media, the live stream, the show notes, all that good stuff. Um, It it is a Friday, and so I'm going to go off uh, everything I was going to talk about and just say this first. I was going to save this for later in the show, but I'm going to do it now because it's on my mind, and I have no impulse control. (laughs) Uh, For the first time in forever, really since COVID hit, I went to the theater. There have been a couple of times I intended to go to the theater to see movies in the last few years uh, and wound up not in large part because the movies I wanted to go see, I lucked into review copies. So this, I can't go into specifics. I have to sign legal legalese and non-disclosure agreements, but um, several of the more prominent film studios of America, shall we say, have sent me in the last number of years since COVID hit uh, review copies of movies before they come to the theater. And instead of me having to go to a theater to see these movies, I get a secure link and I get to see the movies in advance or see portions of the movie. So there there was one uh, that I got to see where it was not the whole movie. It was to incentivize me going to the theater to see the whole movie. Uh, which I wound up not doing because, I, I mean, it was the bulk of it. But anyway, so I've gotten these review copies, all the movies that I wanted to see in the theater in the last few years since COVID. I, I've been getting the secure link review copies. So there's no reason. And essentially what you do is you click a link. It opens a web browser. You watch it. It is not in, like, a massive resolution. Uh, but you can watch the movie. And, and I, there's been no need for me to go to the theater for some of them. Uh, but I finally went last night with my son to see the Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse movie or across the Spider-Verse. I got to tell you, it's mesmerizing to watch. And it was a genuinely good movie. It was a genuinely good movie. I mean, it's probably the best superhero movie Marvel has come out with and one of the best superhero movies ever made and one of the best movies I've seen in a very long time. It was a very good movie. And they had completely renovated the theater in the last number of years, and now they got the reclining seats with the button you push and the chair electronically uh, raises up the, the the foot stand and then lowers you back so you're reclining watching the movie. You got to reserve your seat now. It was a it was a good experience. Although I forgot, movies are still really expensive, if not more expensive than they used to be. I did think it's kind of funny that the movie theater now uh, sells wine and beer, and what was the beer they were advertising? Bud Light. Nobody was buying it. <laughs> but it was a good movie. And I did not really, just so you know, this is not a spoiler. If you want to go see the Spider-Man movie, I highly recommend it. But it's part one of two. And I had no idea. I started like towards the end of the movie. I started thinking, you know, this is a really long movie. I didn't have my watch on, but I just kind of knew I've been here for a very long time. 
and it, they're going to rush the ending. They're going to rush the ending. Well, no, they're not going to rush the ending. They're going to make a second movie, and I'm going to have to go back in March of next year to see the conclusion of this movie. It'll be worth it. I will go probably opening night. It was a good movie. All right. It's an open line Friday. You can call in. Now, not everybody gets through, but if you're sane, sober, not belligerent, not going to cuss, kind of on a topic that people might be interested in, 877-973-7425. Since I've dawdled on Spider-Man, oh, and by the way, TV recommendation, if you have Apple TV, Silo, you should watch this television show. It's a great show. Silo, it's on Apple TV+. You cannot just, never mind, it's a Friday. My frustration with the streaming services, very few of you have Apple TV+. This is probably the best show on TV, Silo. Very few of you will be able to see it. Some of you have Paramount, so you can watch uh, Yellowstone. Some of you have Peacock. Very few of you, but some of you do. Most people have Netflix. They don't have a lot of stuff that's really worth watching other than the stand-up comedy. Some of you have Max that used to be AHB. Everyone used to have the basic cable package, and so we could all kind of watch shows and talk about shows. Sporting events are like the last thing we can all, like, communally talk about. Uh, like watching the U.S. Open the other day it was amazing. Um well, watching Wyndham Clark win was fantastic. Super guy deserved to win, and he finally did. Uh, was nearly going to quit golf because he had never won. And the last month he won something, and now he's won the U.S. Open. Um, we can all talk about those things because people kind of watch those. But these TV shows now, everything is so siloed. Uh, ironically, the show Silo, siloed on Apple TV+. You can't all watch it anymore. And that's kind of disappointing culturally because there's a lot of good stuff out there, but Hardly anybody can ever watch it. So now, all right, I'm going to go to Ryan. You can save me from myself and get us back on something useful. Ryan, welcome. How are you? Hi. Hey, how are you doing, Eric? Good. Uh, first of all, I want to say what a great job you're doing. I, I cried the day we lost Rush, but you are doing fantastic. I've listened to you for over a year, and I couldn't be happier. Well, thank so, you. I appreciate it. Uh, so here's my comment. Um, I, I just can't understand why we haven't heard from Al Sharpton or OAC when uh, when Biden's son gets not charged for this gun crime, there are hundreds and hundreds of young African-American men that have all been charged with this crime and are doing one, two, three years in prison presently. I'm nope. waiting to hear why AOC, why Al Sharpton is not just is, is not, you know, crying the blues on this. It is absolutely crickets. And I just don't understand where are the people that if this was Eric Trump's or, you know, Donald Trump's son, they would have been all over the news. So how come everything is dead silence? I just I can't understand it. All right. So so I want to be the the reasonable person, more reasonable than you want. Um, but your point is is legitimate. And I want to get to that as well as uh, I've actually dealt with this, uh, th- these these sorts of charges before when I did indigent criminal defense. Um, you got some background noise there, Ryan. So I'm going to I'm going to let you go there. But I hope you're listening. When I did indigent criminal defense, uh, I dealt with these on occasion. And and here is why I believe they're willing to treat this as a first offender situation. So let me tell you, let me back up here. So most states have a first offender statute, which is if you're being charged with a felony for the first time and you complete probation, 
they dismiss the charge and you're you're it's expunged from your record. And that happens. And I've done I've dealt with these a couple of times when I was a lawyer doing indigent criminal offense, and they were always young black men. Uh, in a couple of the cases, they handled it exactly this way. Uh, in other cases, they did not. And the typical standard was length of time. And here's why. Uh, in the cases that I had where it was treated the way Hunter Biden's situation was, it was a length of a significant length of time between being discovered and being prosecuted such that it would be very hard for the prosecutor to actually go back and prove that at the time there was an ongoing drug addiction issue. If you can show that, that there's a reasonable uh, habitual use of drugs about the time that this is being filed in the last years so of the form is being filled out, then they're going to go after you. But if it's it's three, four years, uh, you can't actually show specifically that when this form was filled out was also the same time of the drug addiction. They're going to they're probably going to treat you the way they treated Hunter Biden. You that that timeline issue there, but. Having said that, and that's my personal experience as a lawyer, having engaged in these issues, and it has a lot to do with the length of time, what I also found as an indigent criminal defendant lawyer who dealt almost exclusively, I think in my five years, I had two white clients. They are far more likely to come after this stuff if you're a young black man than anybody else. If you're a person of means, they don't. And this is my problem with the enforcement of laws related to drugs in particular. I have a friend who I know uses marijuana. And he told me when he takes trips to states where it is legal, if he puts it in his suitcase, TSA isn't looking when he brings it back, so long as it's a small amount. And he looked me in the eye and he said, I am white and live in a good part of the state. They're not going to pull me over for this stuff. When black people talk about white privilege, that's the sort of stuff they're talking about. When a black person looks at what has happened to Hunter Biden, they see white privilege written all over it. I don't want to disabuse those of you who deny this sort of stuff, but it's true. A young black man will have the book thrown at him in a way a wealthy young white person will not. It is a double standard. It is true. And you might as well not hide from the fact. You should probably be questioning why. In many cases, and again, in my experience, as an indigent criminal defense attorney, overwhelmingly, those younger black men tended to be affiliated with gangs and have other crimes they were engaged in. The young white kid was a pothead. The young black kid was a pothead and also in a gang. And that tended to have a lot to do with the double standards. But a lot of people deny those double standards. A lot of people deny those issues. And a lot of those people are eerily silent on the president's son getting a slap on the wrist on this gun charge. And nothing, nothing to do with the drugs at all.
you cannot deny. You cannot deny the issue. Let's deal with the Hunter Biden tax issue as well. I have not had experience with federal I, federal tax issues were were a de minimis part of my practice, but uh, a partner that I work with who actually is right beneath me. It's kind of funny in, in the office building I'm in. The guy I used to work with who was a tax lawyer, his office is literally right beneath the studio I'm in right now, in, in a different build in, in a different floor, and. If you paid taxes, if the IRS charged you with failure to pay taxes and you paid those taxes, they would still charge you for the, the, the failure to pay, but they wouldn't seek jail time. They would treat it as a misdemeanor because you've already paid your taxes and it's almost impossible to convince a jury to throw you in jail when you paid the taxes that they charged you with not paying. However, we know from the whistleblower who was in charge, the particular whistleblower in this case, was the lead IRS agent investigating it. And according to him, there were massively more IRS tax issues for Hunter Biden that they didn't charge him with, including trying to deduct the services of prostitutes in a sex club. And in so doing, the number of times he did it and also all of the other tax problems and failures to pay repeatedly and failures to file, those are felonies. And why wasn't Hunter Biden charged with those? According to the IRS whistleblower, the IRS wanted to charge him with those things. And it was the Department of Justice that declined. Regardless of what you think, regardless of how you see the case, to Ryan the caller's point, it is really notable that the dog that did not bark is Al Sharpton and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Elizabeth Warren and Jesse Jackson and the progressives of America who rail on about double standards and sentences and prison time and, and how black men are charged with things white men aren't. Here's your best example. This is the president's son, and he could have been charged with a lot more on taxes, and I could have been charged a lot harder on the gun issue, and they chose not to, and all of the race hustlers of America are eerily silent on the issue, and you need to ask why. Welcome, it is Eric Erickson here, Open Line Friday, 877-973-7425. John, you're going to be up next. Welcome. Hey, Eric. Good show. Thank you. Um, hope you and your family's doing well. I do want to caution you in the future about trying to take this uh, Mitch McConnell, I'm going to be the reasonable person in the situation like this because, uh, yes, Sharpton and, and uh, Jesse Jackson, I mean, they paid their tax issues with uh, their 401 or 403C money. Uh, so that's why they're quiet. AOC, she's quiet because uh, she's looking at uh, having to deal with her um, uh, money paid to um, staffers, ex-husbands, whatever. So that's why they're quiet. But I mean, you've got to, you've got to preach it loud and long about the deep, uh, double uh, tiered standard in the Justice Department. We have to beat that drum long and loud so that uh, that beat is still going through come uh, November of next year. 
Yeah, look, I, I, I agree with you. My, my concern on what you say is that the Mitch McConnell reasonable standard is I think somebody's got to be reasonable here and, and point out I, I actually have experience with some of these charges, and I do know the thinking that very often goes into them. And as I've said repeatedly, you take Hunter Biden out of the situation, and it's Joe Schmo, it's John Doe. Uh, you can see a reasonableness for how some of these things are charged. And I got to be intellectually honest here. I would say whether it was Republican or Democrat. However, when you throw the Biden name into it and you add in what the whistleblower tells us, it becomes apparent that it's not a, it's not a reasonable standard. What they have done is they have become very unreasonably protective of Hunter Biden. But you got to acknowledge a reasonableness to show then how this is unreasonable based on the totality. Uh, like, for example, the, the unreasonableness of our Wall Street situation right now uh, with a recession maybe coming, now maybe not coming, inflation, interest rates, all the like. You may want to use precious metals to ensure the integrity of your portfolio and Advantage Gold is someone you can do business with. 800-450-2566. Advantage Gold is TrustLink's number one highest rated gold company. Seven years in a row, they've got fantastic prices and staff, a fantastic IRA department, and you can do business with them. 800-450-2566. If you call that number, you get a free gold IRA uh, investment kit from them. The IRS... When it's not looking at Hunter Biden, it might be looking at your portfolio to see if the way you hold gold and silver in it qualifies for the IRA, IRA and 401k rules. They do have rules on how you store them. Advantage Gold can bring you up to speed on those. Get their free gold IRA investment kit, 800-450-2566. One more time, 800-450-2566. Let Advantage Gold educate you. Well, this just happened. Welcome. This is Merrick Garland, the Attorney General of the United States. Mr. Attorney General, um, Republicans in Congress have flirted with the idea of holding the FBI director in contempt. Um, it's become a talking point on uh, the campaign trail, um, the alleged corruption and, and the FBI and other federal law enforcement agencies. Um, do the American people have cause to be concerned about the integrity of the components of this Justice Department? And and what do you have to say about how they're acting? I certainly uh, understand that, that some have chosen to attack the integrity of the Justice Department as components and its employees by claiming that we do not treat like cases alike. Uh, this constitutes an attack on an institution that is essential to American democracy and essential to the safety of the American people. Nothing could be further from the truth. You've all heard me say many times that we make our cases based on the facts and the law. These are not just words. These are what we live by. They are the foundation of the way we make these decisions. The Agents of the FBI, as well as the DEA, the ATF, our uh, deputy U.S. Marshals, every day, often at great personal risk, protect the American people and secure its safety. I uh, now do the Supreme Court. This constitutes an attack on an institution that is essential to American democracy. Do the Supreme Court now, Merrick Garland. Why aren't you out there dissuading people from doing that to the Supreme Court? What they're doing to you, you think? Except this is a profound difference. There is a whistleblower. And it's not just any whistleblower. There is a whistleblower 
who was the lead IRS agent investigating Hunter Biden. And he is the one raising the concerns. This isn't the Republicans attacking the Justice Department. This is a whistleblower from inside the IRS raising allegations about a double standard inside the Department of Justice. And by the way, again, there is a double standard. There is a double standard based on the information already gleaned from the whistleblower that's not really in dispute. There is a double standard. All right. Uh, And by the way, I should also know it's not just one. There are multiple different people who are now blowing the whistle uh, and uh, the Republicans have woven. This is why I want to move slowly on all of the stuff in the whistleblower complaint, because it's for multiple different people to build an overall narrative, just like the Democrats did with the Steele dossier, which fell apart. I just don't want us to get burned. What the lead IRS agent says, highly credible information, but it's other people who we don't know who are weaving into the narrative other information. Let's go back to the phones. Andy, welcome to the Eric Erickson Show. How are you? I'm good, Eric. Thanks for taking my call. I sure. think you're uh, segueing right into what I wanted to ask, but I wanted to first tell you that I owe you a big favor because I just got back from vacation recently and it was a vacation that you promoted a couple of years ago on your show. Uh-oh, where'd you go? I went Trieste, Slovenia, Oh, my Croatia. gosh. Wow. You know, we got a buddy at my flagship station, Ryan, who uh, did that, went to Croatia and the like, and, and a cruise and loved it. Is that not the most beautiful part of the world? It, I'm telling you, Eric, it is, um, it is clean. They're friendly. Uh, your dollar goes pretty far, mm-hmm. and uh, it was just beautiful, picturesque area. And I, I probably wouldn't even have thought about it uh, have until you uh, brought it up uh, quite a while ago on your show. But <laughs> yeah, that has been did. a while, but it, it, y'all, I gotta, I gotta tell you, and, and Andy, you, you can be the spokesperson for it, but it's such a beautiful place, and those people came out of communism. And they loved the West so much. Um, Croatia, Slovenia, the, all all of that uh, part of even Northern Italy where it touches. They're just beautiful human beings with wonderful food, beautiful scenery. Uh, they're just, they are, they are people who love life. Yeah. I, I highly recommend it to any of the listeners. But um, I did want to, uh, getting back to the whistleblowers, um, I wonder if you could just... Uh, I'm I'm getting kind of lost as to how many we're talking about here. And um, do you, I'd like your own personal opinion or viewpoint as to how, uh, whether you think there'll be even more. Okay. Um, So there are two specific whistleblowers. I said three, but it's two. Um, the, The named whistleblower, I think one of them, uh, is we don't know who it is, and there may possibly be a third one actually um, with some information that the the House Ways and Means Committee has put forward from a letter, uh, but not a sworn statement. So it, there are explicitly two. Uh, w- one is known and named and provided a sworn affidavit. He is the most interesting one, and the reason CBS and NBC and the New York Times couldn't ignore that one is because it's a named individual who was willing to put his name on it, 
who is a known person of a known prominent position, and that is the um, senior IRS agent, Gary Shapley. He has been an IRS agent since 2009, and he was the supervisor of the Hunter Biden investigation. So he made the big claims that Hunter Biden texted the Chinese guy uh, and said his dad was in the room with him while he was texting. He is the guy who said the IRS wanted to charge more serious tax felonies. He is the guy who said Hunter Biden deducted prostitute strip clubs, um, a sex club from his taxes. He is the guy who said uh, that they were stymied by the DOJ and FBI in making more serious charges. Uh, And he is the guy who is essentially saying that uh, Republicans initially blamed the U.S. attorney in Delaware and said, well, this guy is friendly with the Bidens. That's why he didn't do it. And the IRS agent is saying, no, no, in fact, uh, this guy wanted to do more but was stymied by the Department of Justice. That's whistleblower one. Whistleblower two is more expansive on the issue of what the DOJ and FBI blocked. The whistleblower two, we don't know who the person is. There is appears to be a whistleblower three who ties everything to Merrick Garland and Christopher Ray. So here is my concern again. Um, I think we can take what Gary Shapley says. Uh, we can take it as true. But what the Republicans have done is they've taken him and two other whistleblowers and have woven everything together into a much larger story. My concern is we're being told a story and it scratches every one of my itches and plays to every one of my presuppositions, every one of my beliefs, uh, and it challenges nothing. In my experience in politics and as a lawyer, when I find statements that are constructed like this that don't challenge my priors, don't challenge my presuppositions, don't challenge anything I believe and tell me exactly what I want to hear, almost always it's too good to be true. And along the way, we will find things that cast doubt on the story as told. What the Republicans are doing, it's important to understand, is they're trying to tell a story in the light most favorable to their side and against Biden that forces further investigation, and that is fair game. The Democrats did the same thing with Alexander Vindman. The Democrats did the same thing with the Steele dossier. The Democrats even did the same thing with the January 6th stuff. They told the story in the light most favorable to their airing of the facts, and the Republicans then could come in and challenge it. So let's take out whistleblower two and whistleblower three. With whistleblower two and whistleblower three, we have Mr. Shapley showing the WhatsApp text that contradicts the Biden narrative that Joe Biden had no knowledge of the events. We also have Garrett Shapley saying that there were further charges the IRS wanted to bring, but they were stymied not by the U.S. Attorney in Delaware, but by the Department of Justice take those on their own, and it's still a very damning contradiction of things we've heard from the Biden administration. Add in whistleblower two and whistleblower three, and it paints a bigger picture of it was people in the White House, the senior leadership of the Department of Justice, including Merrick Garland, and the senior leadership at the FBI 
who were the instigators for all of it. The reason I'm cautious on those is we don't have names of the whistleblowers, and also it just so tells me exactly what I want to hear that it just um, makes me wonder if what are the other facts there that were left off the on the cutting room floor for the Republican narrative. You just it, listen. I don't doubt the corruption, and I don't doubt that that we're going to find out the Department of Justice was involved with this. I just want to go with the named people, not the unnamed people. What the un what the named people have is is bad enough. The one issue, however, that we do have to uh, go with, and this contradicts not um, sh- shapely so much as the unnamed people. What Shapely says and what he told the committee was, um, quote, he alleges with evidence the Department of Justice provided preferential treatment, slow-walked the investigation, did nothing to avoid obvious conflicts of interest in the investigation. That's Shapely. What the others say is that Merrick Garland, et cetera, were directly involved. David Weiss is the U.S. attorney from Delaware. He's the one who charged Hunter Biden. He is a Donald Trump, not a Joe Biden appointee. And he said he had the ultimate authority over the case. He does not yet say publicly, and if he does say it, it's a big deal, but he has not said publicly and, in fact, has suggested otherwise. He he doesn't seem to suggest the DOJ impeded his investigation. He does not seem to suggest the GO, DOJ hampered his style. He does not seem to say the FBI was an impediment to his investigation. It's what the anonymous whistleblowers are saying. So when you have the U.S. attorney denying these things, that's kind of big when he's denying them on the record. We've got to ask more questions. All of this is to say there is smoke. There is so much smoke that the New York Times couldn't ignore the story. There is so much smoke that NBC News felt that it should be their lead story last night on the news. There is so much smoke that CBS this morning had to cover the story, which suggests there is a fire. We just need to see the fire now, and we should at least be willing to investigate to see where the fire is. That's what's going on. Speaking of smoke and fire, if you have a smoky house because of your fireplace or you burn something on the kitchen stove, the Eden Pure Thunderstorm is what can help save the day. It wipes out those odors. It is an odor eliminator. You can get three of them for less than $200 by going to EdenPureDeals.com, and you put in Eric as your front page on the website discount code box. You put in Eric, E-R-I-C-K. You'll get three Eden Pure Thunderstorms for less than $200. You're saving $200, and you get free shipping, and they wipe out smoke odors. They wipe out cooking odors. They wipe out pet odors, litter box odors, uh, cigar, cigarette, you name it. It'll wipe out those odors. I have a buddy who smoked a cigar in his car. And then plugged in the Eden Pure Thunderstorm with a USB cord in his car's USB outlet. Fired it up, walked away, it got rid of those odors. His wife never knew. Mm-hmm. Men, keep that in mind. I know someone who's a listener who keeps an Eden Pure Thunderstorm where his litter box is and turns it on and wipes out the litter box odors as needed. They work. You get three of them for less than $200. EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code box, you put in my name, Eric, E-R-I-C-K. Yes, you can. The phone number here, 877-973-7425. Thomas, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the show. Hey, Eric, thank you very much. Uh, I wanted to just say last week you had a call from Jose, and it was great because I have kids in college, and there was a great lot of information that he gave. My son is currently working in a summer intern program at the DOJ as one more year of law school. And I called him the other day, and I said, Eric Erickson 
has it exactly correct, in my opinion. You have to look at everything individually, every single case. And the final thing is, I have a 97-year-old father. He walks a par three course every day, still. I have uh, a list of his copyrighted golf tips that are in the Library of Congress, and I'm going to get those to you, and it'll prove your strokes down about maybe five or six. Well, yeah, I, I need it. Yes. Let me ask you, what would advice would you give a child like mine who's kind of, you know, I really want to be here, but the whole world's saying, you know, the Justice Department is unfair, and his whole reason for going into law is to find the truth. So what advice would I give him or anybody? Um, you know, I, I would say um, leave wherever you are better than you found it. And if he believes right. he can be an employee within the Department of Justice and seek justice where others turn a blind eye to it, uh, do it. Um, I have a nephew who has joined the uh, Air National Guard at a time when a lot of conservatives say, well, the military is going woke, don't bother. He wants to serve his country. He wants to leave it better than he found it. Uh, and there's something notable and, and commendable to do that. Um, everybody in their own way can improve where they are uh, by being a hard worker and shining. Now, I, you know, I, I'm an evangelical. I mean, the, the, uh, the, the first in the catechism is, is you're to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And Christians have a doctrine of vocation that you're supposed to uh, glorify God in whatever you do, whether you're a uh, sweeper of streets or you work in the DOJ. So shine your right. light there and you can improve the DOJ. Uh, in fact, right. the better odds of him improving the DOJ than, than uh, the notes you're sending me improving my golf game, but I'm going to give it a whirl. No, I, I really am. And I think if, if it's okay, can I just ma mail them to your flagship station? Yes, They're on please a piece do. Of paper and I don't own a cell phone. I don't own a cell phone. I'm God not a bless you person. for that. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. You mail them, to, you mail them there. Uh, they will get to okay. me. I, look, I, I appreciate the call and the kind words. I, I got to let you go there because... Uh, we're about out of time here, but I appreciate that. I will tell you guys, just so you know, uh, I get asked a lot these days because I, I do play golf more and more. I enjoy it. I get asked, do you want to play on a charity team or do you want to come hang out with me? Y'all don't understand how I play golf. My handicap is measured in balls lost per round, not in holes conquered. Uh, and golf for me is a chance to drink bourbon and smoke cigars in the middle of the day with a group of friends and enjoy myself. I am not a competitive golfer. You do not want to play with me if you take it super serious. I want to get better. I have these amazing shots. I And I just, I love being out on the golf course. But I like being out on the golf course with friends, enjoying each other's company, with my cell phone turned off, and enjoy nature. I love it. Uh, I love to play. I, I love it when I get the perfect shot. Um, I, I have very, very, very be terrible, God forgive me, awful bad language. Uh, when I do something bad on the golf course, it's the one place that, that my language gets the better of me and my temper as well. But gosh, I love to play. Um, and anything I can do to improve, uh, my buddy Kyle Morris, great golf pro up in North Georgia, uh, has been giving me lessons and I've gotten better, not good, but better. But just understand that I will tell you no when you say let's play golf or do a charitable golf tournament or something because I'm not good enough for that. I just like to get out there and whack at the ground and hit a ball on occasion.